hello, welcome to episode 308 of Sap King's Therapy, almost at 307, but anyways, yes, welcome to episode 308 of Sap King's Therapy. The draft is over, or is it? Maybe there's some moves to come, but as it, as it stands, it looks like the draft um, has settled, the dust has settled, and now we have results. Um, of course, this is Zach King's Therapy, so we'll mostly be talking about the Kings. Uh, so let's start here. Um, the Kings draft uh, Kobe Jones with the 34th pick, technically, because they traded up. They gave up uh, number 38, which was their, one of their second round picks, and a future second to move up to 34. I believe they traded up with the Celtics or Charlotte. It's a weird lineage of that uh, traffic, but either way, they draft a Kobe Jones at 34, and they select Jalen Slauson uh, from Furman College um, with the 54th pick. Now, if you if you're wondering uh, why I didn't mention the their first round pick, their 24th, well, they uh, traded that pick along with Rashawn Holmes to uh, to Dallas, and uh, yeah, they they selected Omax with that pick um which was very disappointing i loved omax in the draft but he is going to dallas along with rashawn holmes and with that move the kings have now cleared 30 million dollars or i think the exact number is 35 although i do not know if that includes uh harrison barnes's i think like 28 million dollar uh cap hold but basically um there, there's a chance they could even open up more cap space if they if they waive uh, Harrison Barnes. I don't know how that works, but right now, um, Keith Keith Smith has projected the Kings to have thirty five point six million dollars in cap space now with that move. So that's what happened with the first round pick. Let's talk about the second round picks. So Kobe Jones, Kobe Jones, I liked him in the draft. I personally like I well Leonard Miller was off the board at that point, but you know. As a like, I wasn't the biggest fan of him, like with the 24th pick, but however, with the 34th pick, great pick, he was one of the best guys probably left. I personally probably would have picked uh Maxwell Lewis, but Maxwell's more of a theoretical player. Kobe Jones is legit good already, and you know, like, he is probably much more ready to contribute and probably will be actually in the rotation, uh, as, as part of the Kings, uh, coming in. So like the way I just describe them, like if you if you want a I guess a fuller breakdown, there is a, a draft episode you can listen to that where we go over Kobe Jones. Um, but overall, like he's a mature player um, with as close to a complete game on both sides of the floor as you can really get. Like right out of the draft, um, he can run the offense, he can score, he can he's a really good defender and. One of the things with him was that he is not going to let that dic- let, let his offense dictate his defensive effort. So that's a good thing to hear about. Um, and he can and yeah, he's both he's good in uh, both one on one situations and in a team setting. So you know the Kings added another kind of like just a good wing on their team, and you know like that's a good thing. Um, and he will most likely be a secondary ball handler in the second unit and a pest on defense um, when when he's out there. And yeah, like that's kind of how I see his role. Like he'll run the offense a little bit, and he also he's also like a really good passer. So 
you know, again, you can run you can run your offense kind of through him as a secondary creator, probably next to Malik or possibly even as a third guy um, next to De'Aaron as well. So, you know, not a really good pick uh, at 34. And, yeah, looking forward to seeing how Kobe um, performs in Summer League, uh, California Classic, and when he joins the main rotation. Um, with the 54th pick, uh, it is – so the Kings select Jalen Slauson. Now, Jalen, I, of course, we, of course, did not go over him um, in our um, in our draft analysis because, well, he was projected to be a second-round pick. I, I just wasn't going to go that deep um, into, into kind of the second round. But just looking through some of his uh, stats, so he averaged 15.6 points, uh, let's see, 7.1 rebounds, and 3.2 assists. The 3.2 assists is what I'm mostly looking at. He's a very, very good passer playmaker. He can handle a little bit, and he can make a and you can actually even run offense through him a little bit as kind of a backup five. Um, we'll get a, we'll get into kind of why that might not be like viable, just because he, he is relatively small. Like he says he's six seven, but like watching him, he looks way bigger than that. He looks a good six nine ish. He, anyways. He's basically kind of so the main thing with him is that he is a really like he's he's basically like a small ball five. He's like a four small ball five, however you wanna um however you wanna break it down. He's six seven listed. And you know, he's a guy that can kind of handle a little bit. He's a really good passer, like a real like hub you can run offense through. And He's just, and he can also like, he's also a really, really good defender. Like he's strong. He's got good quickness. He defended basically one through five in, in the, uh, in the, in, in college. He more than likely will be able to do two through four. Like one through five might be asking a little bit too much, but he's really, really good on defense. Just great hands, great instinct for shot blocking. So that's kind of where you see a little bit, you know, that's where you see a lot of, I guess, uh, uh, where you see him as a fit next to maybe some bonus if he, like, makes the main rotation. And overall, just, like, and then also, like, because he can pass, he can operate as a mini Sabonis type. And then also, he can also shoot a little bit. Like, he's, the form is kind of, uh, is not a great form. And it kind of makes me doubt, like, how he shot 39%. Apparently, he actually shot a 41%. Uh, on his catch and shoot threes in the half court, and fifty one percent of his uh, jumpers outside of twenty five feet. So that's very very impressive. But if you look at kind of his history, like he's not been a good shooter. Like three out of the five years he was at uh, Furman, he shot he shot less than thirty point six percent. And there was one year in his uh, junior year where he shot thirty six thirty six point eight for some reason, and then and then his. A final year he shot 39.4 other than that he's been like around the 30s so i don't know if i believe in the jumper it's a bit it's a bit of a it's definitely a two motion shot so i don't see it being like crazy consistent but it works for him and you know but he he uses it to his advantage uh, i'll just say um like he loves the pump fake and like his he's got some really weird timing stuff with, with his uh release so he he's a tricky player to say the least. So so just to kind of recap, like so far, he's a really good defender, really good passer, and the last thing 
and also like a maybe maybe could be a good shooter. But the last thing with him, his finishing. He's got he's got some athleticism to him. He's not exactly like a crazy leaper by any means, but he is a, a pretty strong finisher, as what I like to call it. Like he will kind of he will like bull his way to the rim and kind of go up a little bit, but it's not crazy explosive. The main concern with him with his uh, driving is that he doesn't have a left hand, and I don't know if that's something he can develop. But that's the main kind of source uh, of concern with him because he he will force like really weird shots with his right hand and very right hand dominant in terms of dribbling and finishing but you know finish at the rim he did like 73 percent at the rim and 70 percent in the half court so he's got something but i'm not sure about like a lot of his offensive game but his passing is real and his defense is real and like the best way I describe him, like he's kind of a more athletic version of uh, Kyle Anderson. He's a he's interesting. I don't know if, the, if this could work. Like slow mo is kind of one on one, but that's the kind of template I see. Especially when you see like his pump fakes. Like his pump fakes is like he he's his shot is it's a slow shot for the most part, but he uses it to his advantage. So it's definitely kind of a, he's definitely a high IQ player and. You know, it'd be interesting if he can make the if he can make the uh, roster. Um, Sam Vecini looks like everyone's kind of projecting him to be a two way player. So I don't know if he's gonna like spend more time at Stockton. Um, but you know, he's a very interesting player and uh, very intrigued by this um, by this selection. Like Monty definitely has a type, which is what you have to be able to shoot, pass, dribble. And also be able to play defense. And that's kind of just seems to be his type. I'm very disappointed that like Omax um, is not on the Kings. But like that could probably, that probably could have been another guy like that. Although like, I don't think he can dribble much. But yeah, Monty definitely has a type. And I, and like every time like he drafts someone, it's, I'm always intrigued to say the least. So Jalen Slauson is very intriguing. Kobe is probably going to be a contributor on the main roster. And uh yeah, so overall, a really interesting draft for the Kings. You open up cap space. You pick two guys who seem to have very mature games, who can, who will likely be able to contribute. And uh, yeah, so interesting night for the Kings. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, trade to, with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so again, like as we mentioned before, is basically Rashawn Holmes and Omax, or the twenty fourth pick, however you want to. Uh, dice it dice it um yeah so they the kings send them over to uh dallas and take getting rid of rashawn's contract uh the kings open up a lot of cap space and right now the there's there are a few possibilities that could happen um so the kings could use the cap space to extend demonis Sabonis, who will be going into the last year of his contract or they could use it to sign a free agent, uh, or they could use it to re-sign um, Harrison to a, to a very reasonable contract. Now, um, let's start with just the uh, just the free agent stuff, because like that's what cap space is mostly used for. Or what it's the big the big thing that a lot of people like to associate it with. So with cap space, they could they could you know get into the free agency game. Where they could pay, um, you know, hopefully a wing guy, like a wing size forward size guy, to join the Kings. 
A lot of people brought up Kyle Kuzma. Um, and some people are like saying, well, he's looking for like a $30 million contract. Oh, fuck no. I do not want to sign Kyle Kuzma to $30 million. $20 million we can talk. $30 million is a bit is a bit rich for me. Um, but like that's the idea. Maybe you can get into the Jeremy Grant sweepstakes. Or you can just absorb some sort of contract. Like let's just say for whatever reason. I don't think Toronto would do this. But like let's just say we just trade for OG for, for and absorb him into cap space. Like and then give up maybe like three, two or three draft picks. That's actually kind of scary to think about. But like you can just absorb him, and you know that creates a player exception for Toronto. But you absorb OG and an OB into cap space. That would be pretty dope, I think. Uh, that would be pretty good use of cap space. Um, Harrison. Um, so Damian Barling uh, rep- reported that Harrison Barnes is likely getting a three-year contract um, um, in the fifty-two to sixty million dollar range. That's a bit rich for me like i was thinking like maybe three years 45 would be where i where i would go but harrison's been good for this team but that is a little rich for me and then sabonis like you can you can extend them so you don't have to worry about like him possibly leaving next season i don't love that i don't love that route either just because i just like if you have cap space use it for something else to build your team and, and like, you know, Sabonis is like, at, at least right now, it's hard for me to see him ever leaving. Now, of course, things could change very easily. It's hard for me to envision him leaving um, for, or anywhere else because the Kings are going to be able to pay him the most amount of money, I think. And, you know, he's really built something here. And, you know, I would think you would like to continue building here. But um, ultimately, I would prefer them to use this cap space to actually uh, just sign a sign a free agent or sign multiple free agents, even like add to your depth, and uh, you know, it, it's a there, there's a lot of ways they can go, but I really hope they can add like a big forward of some sort, kind of just essentially upgrade on the Harrison Barnes um, position, or if you want to if you want to do the Keegan Murray um, the Keegan Murray position, like the three four, it's not it's they're pretty interchangeable. And, but I would like like a guy who's like 6'10-ish, like that can also like guard a little bit on perimeter. Of course, that's that's like a template for some of the best players in the league. But like, you know, I would I would like to see the Kings use it on like a 6'10-ish guy who can kind of guard on the perimeter and can also play some offense. Of course, that could have been Omax. Although Omax is 6'7, but that's the kind of template I would really like the Kings to target. So we'll see what they can do with that cap space. But uh, it, of course, in the trade, uh, Rashawn Holmes is now heading to Dallas, ending his tenure in Sacramento. It was really unfortunate to see kind of how things played out last year where he just did not get a chance to really play much. And Well, he did, and he didn't play well. And it, it was really confusing why he didn't play well. And... You know, it, it's just it's just unfortunate. He he didn't fit the team, and he just didn't excel in the moments that he did get to get go on the court. And it's unfortunate the way it ended. He was a very like good player for for quite a few years. Like there there was talk about him getting like twenty million per year at one point with the with how he performed with the Kings. Now, of course, that would have been a crazy overpay, but still, like he was he was legit, really really good for the Kings, and you know. You know, he's heading to Dallas, 
and we hope for the best for him and we really just yeah just wish he he does the best like now you have another pick, kind of a pick and roll heavy offense so hopefully he can excel there and uh you know and also you know he gets his trade kicker so he gets a little bit more money since he just got traded so you know we, we wish the best as kings fans and fong's not here um but like i'm pretty sure he wishes uh the best for Rashawn as well and you know it's a it's really it's really sad to see him go but we really do wish the best for him okay moving on to some other kings news before we talk about um some other stuff we'll save the trades for the final part now of course that was the big news but like just to talk about some other uh, news so let's start with the Kings. so lindsey harding has been named the new stockton kings head coach um i've only heard good things about him she did a uh interview with uh, d and casey a while back and i thought she i thought she like spoke really well she definitely knows her stuff and you can tell like people respect her so it's really good to see her like take this next step and i think that's the first g league head coach who's a woman so that's a really cool thing and we'll see how she does like again it seems like everyone respects her and that's the most important thing um it's a i'm not gonna go into like it's an it's like a movement for something greater but when when people respect her it doesn't really matter like i guess what gender you are and you know I ho hopefully she does well and yeah again not have heard have heard nothing but great things for her so yeah, ho hopefully like she's able to excel in her job and uh, you know take the Stockton Kings to like you know possibly like a lot of success. Um, uh, on okay, uh, the next piece of news, Anjali, I think I think is I think is how um you how um we pronounce that. That's basically Vivek's daughter is now the new Stockton Kings G general manager. Um, well, I think Paul Johnson was the original. He won executive executive of the year in the G League, but now Anjali is moving on to that position. Um, look, I I didn't love this move originally when she was a, uh, named, I think, assistant general manager. I've not heard anything bad. It just like, of course, you can like throw out like the uh, you can throw the you know, the, what's called nepotism thing, Vivek and, uh, and his daughter, but I've not heard bad things about it since, and I'm apparently like, I've read that she's been very hardworking behind the scenes. So, you know, we'll see how she does. It's an interesting choice. It's a surprising choice. I thought she would just try and at least learn on the job for a few more years because guess what? This shit is hard and it's a, it's a surprising move. Um, just, you know, hopefully she does well. Maybe she'll prove like a lot of people wrong, including me. I just thought like it was, it might be a little too early because like it, it is just like you work for about a year in the G League as an assistant general manager, like maybe a few more years. But hey, hopefully she does well and uh, she's able to, you know, take again, like along with Lindsey Harding, like take the take the Stockton Kings to another to another great season. Um. Yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say about that topic. I just don't know enough about the G League. I don't know enough about like the inner workings. But I wish I wish them the best. Kings fans wish them the best. And uh, yeah, okay. Um, final kind of just things to go over the draft. Things that kind of interested me. So Kulabale was a guy that was like projected to go around like the mid teens. Like he had been rising like crazy. 
and it's pretty unbelievable but he actually rose all the way to number seven like he was picked with a number seven pick uh by indiana who was then traded to the wizards uh for i think two second round picks but yeah he literally rose into the top 10 and that's pretty crazy he goes to washington he's got a lot of potential but We'll see what Washington can do. Washington's not had a great draft record as of late. Although I thought they had an I thought they had an interesting draft night. Um, but overall, like it's it's an interesting pick. Hopefully he can develop. He's got a lot of tools and he's got like and just a really crazy, like unknown ceiling. Like his ceiling could be the roof. And that's a that that's gonna be interesting going going forward, just watching like what he turns into. Um, Jet Howard at number 11 to um, Orlando, that was surprising because I would have been skeptical to draft him at 24 just because of his like defensive shortcomings and his uh, and his like lack of finishing around the rim. Like, I guess I guess Orlando just really wanted a shooter, but I, I don't know. Brady Dick was sitting right there and Brady Dick is arguably a better version of him. I, I don't know, um, but they they took Jet Howard and like, yeah, I thought that was kind of, well, like Koulibaly was where I thought the chaos first started, but certain like Jet Howard, like being that high was incredibly shocking to me. Maybe they just loved him that much that, you know, you just go with the guy you want, but I thought that was a bit of a reach at uh, at 11. Uh, Cam Whitmore, like Sam Mazzini, I believe, had him number three on his big board. And he drops all the way to 20. There were people that were mocking him at number four to the to the Rockets. Now he ends up going to the Rockets, but at number 20. And yeah, like that's a great pickup for them. Like the fact that the, the Rockets got Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore is a bit of a steal. Uh the rumored reason why is because um apparently there's something in the medicals um that just like threw a lot of people off of him. Like there was a there like at at one point we were even talking about like the Kings should probably take him at twenty four. He'd be very interesting at twenty four, but he ended up not making it twenty four. But the fact that he dropped all the way to twenty is pretty shocking. And uh, I wonder what's in those medicals. Maybe I've heard maybe it's a knee issue, but that that's a bit that's interesting to me. Um, so yeah, Cam Whitmore and uh, Amen Thompson. By the way, Amen Thompson, great pick, great pick for the uh, for the. Uh, for uh, the Houston Rockets, like they need a playmaker, they need someone who passes. <laughs> for the love of God, to just kind of connect the team a little bit. They have a uh, Shengun and um, Amen Thompson now, like so they have their connectors. So we'll see how things uh, turn out. Like Cam was gonna be rough for me at number four, just because you add another guy who doesn't pass. But now that they got him and Amen, that's that's a squad. I don't know if they'll win, but like that's a really crazy athletic team. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and kind of this is the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, Leonard Miller um, dropping all the way to 33. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves tr uh, traded up for him um, to, from the Spurs to draft him. So that's going to be interesting. Like that was a guy that I was hoping the Kings would actually take at number 24. Now they announced that they ended up trading the pick. But Leonard Miller was sitting right there. But there was even a chance that he could have dropped to 38 for all we know. And he actually ended up getting drafted one spot ahead of Kobe Jones. So, you know, again, Monty has his type, and you and like he he wants guys that all are that are more developed. And 
Leonard Miller was going to be a project, but that was a guy that I felt that the Kings should have taken a risk with, like a little bit of a project that, you know, could turn out to be amazing in a few years. So disappointing that they didn't, they didn't get Leonard Miller, but Hey, they got Kobe Jones and I'm just, I'm really happy that they got it. And, you know, it's, it is what it is, but yeah. It, and Maxwell Lewis going to the Lakers at 40. Like I was hoping he would drop to 54 though. There was basically no chance of that happening, but like, yeah, like Maxwell Lewis was a was a guy that I really wanted, and he ends up going to the Lakers and dropping all the way to forty, which was interesting. So, yeah, those were the mo the more interesting notes around the draft. Oh, and one last thing about the draft. Um, so Brandon Miller at number two over Scoot Henderson. Look, I, I I'm not the biggest fan of Brandon Miller. I'm like beyond like the off the court stuff and how that's gonna fit with Charlotte. It might not be anything, but like I'm just not a fan of Brandon Miller's game. I just feel like he's a guy that, you know, he's a he's a guy that can kind of shoot, but doesn't have a lot of like creation ability just because of like he doesn't have an amazing handle. But there's all the chance in the world he could actually be the better player. Um, but I personally would have just gone scoot scoot like I think is going to be a star. And I can't guarantee that Brandon Miller, or I don't, I'm not totally sure Brandon Miller is going to be a star. So that's the main thing. And then also the, just like, I think, I think Brandon Miller will be good. And if you think about it, the most important, the most uh, valuable thing in the league are wings that are, that are really good, like on both ends of the floor. And that probably has more value than, that's then like a guy, an all-star level point guard. And Scoot is, you know, like does have one of my biggest pet peeves. He is small. Although granted, he's built like a fucking truck, but he is he is small. So there are justifications for doing for going a uh, Brandon Miller over Scoot. And you know, it might not be as bad as like I think it is. It could it could actually just be Keegan Murray over Jay Nivey, although I don't know if Brandon Mill has that level of touch, but just you know, it might not be the it might not be the worst thing. It might work out for both teams, but I still think they should have went with Scoot. Scoot is and like people that are like saying, well, you know, they can't play together because or him, Scoot and Lamelo can't play together. Look, you need you need multiple ball handlers on the team, and I think that's I think that I think ultimately they might have went wrong but you know I'm not as down on the move but it is it is disappointing that they went with uh Brandon Miller. Okay, with that out of the way, let's talk about some of the big <laughs> the big trades that went uh that went through. So um of course we talked about the Kings trade um to uh, over Sean Holmes to the Mavericks. However, the day before was when all the chaos really started. So um, KP, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, was traded to uh, the Celtics, uh, Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies, and Tyus Jones. Okay, so here's a three-team trade. I read that wrong. So Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics, Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies, Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, and Mike Muscala to the Wizards. I thought, I don't love this trade for the most part Except like smart to the Grizzlies, that's actually a really good fit. But my thing was the Celtics just need a floor general, someone who can, you know, someone who can just organize things, get everyone, 
get everyone kind of in check, get everyone kind of calm down and like set the offense. I just thought they needed a point guard this whole time. And there is a point guard in this trade that is going to the wrong team, Tyus Jones. They should have just traded for Tyus Jones because that's kind of the guy they need, like a stabilizer, a guy who's not going to do too much, a guy who's going to set the offense, a guy that's just going to be that calming presence that the King, that the Celtics like desperately need. But instead, they trade for Kristaps Porzingis, who did have a really good season, according to a lot of people, um, and he's a he's a good player when he's healthy. You know, you know, like asterisk on when he's healthy. He's not exactly healthy all the time is the problem. And I just thought like Celtics needed a point guard, like an actual point guard, like Marcus Smart being your pseudo point guard. I just thought wasn't going to cut it. And like Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies. That's a that's a good that's a good trade. Like, although people are like saying he's going to be the um Dylan Brooks replacement. He is going to be better than Dylan Brooks. Like he, he's going to be just as good on defense, although he is smaller. But he, this is a guy that can guard up. But like, I don't know if you want to put that toll on his body. Like he is like apparently he had a lot of wear and tear last year. So, but you know, the, like the only thing is like giving up Tyus Jones. Like you're not going to have John Moran for 25 games. You need like a stabilizer. like a point guard i just don't know if smart is that guy but like you talk about a guy that just like you would have thought would have been a grit and grind guy smart is a grit and grind guy he's gonna fit in really well he's basically gonna yeah he's basically gonna be like dylan brooks but he's not gonna take as bad of shots he is a chucker from three but like he's not gonna take those ridiculous mid-range shots that uh, dylan brooks was taking um kp to the celtics I, i i don't know like, I just don't think he's going to be all that healthy. And, but when he is healthy, he is really good. And he provides, like, another dimension, like, another kind of rim protector and a, and a stretch five, stretch four, however you want to dice it down. Like, he's, he can shoot, and he can provide a lot to the Celtics. But I just think Tyus Jones would have been would have been the guy you needed. I, 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 don't, I don't love this trade, for the most part, for, for the Celtics. But they did get uh, two picks, which was interesting. Um, the the Warriors pick and the twenty fifth pick that they used on, I think, Marcus Sasser. But it doesn't. It, it just doesn't address the actual issue, which is they need a point guard, a stabilizer to set up Jalen Brown and uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and just like yeah, they can be your like pseudo initiators, but like they shouldn't be your primary initiators. They're just they're just not that kind of guy. They're not they're not those kind of they're not the, like the guy that's going to dime up guys. They're not, that's not their instinct. Their instinct is a score. And you need a guy that can, you know, that instinct is to pass and set up guys. And that was Tyus Jones. And yeah, I, I don't love, I don't love this for the, for this, um, for the Celtics. I know they got the best player in the, in the deal, but I don't know. He's not the kind of guy that I would love on my, on my, he's not the kind of guy that I think the Celtics need. And then uh, Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, to, and uh, Mike Muscala to the Wizards. It's whatever to me. Um, like, Tyus is going to be really good. I don't know if the Wizards, like, getting Tyus Jones means you want to win? Because Tyus Jones is a winning player. So I'm not sure what they're really doing there. Maybe this is just a, another kind of salary dump. I know Danilo and uh, Mike Muscala were expiring. So maybe that's, like, something. But... 
you know, I guess that's something to recoup from uh, the the KP trade. So, okay, interesting. Again, the the, the right the, the point guard in the trade was right there for the Celtics. Is I I can't get over that. Um, so this trade actually happened um, because the original trade um, there was a three team trade that included the Celtics, the uh, Wizards, and the Clippers that originally sent uh, Malcolm Brogdon to the Clip Clippers and Marcus Morris to the Wizards, um, and it included the other the other important players. I think Tyus was or no Tyus wouldn't have been involved, but the idea was. Um, it's the same, basically the same players, but Brogdon would have gone to the Clippers and Mar Morris to the Wizards. But apparently, there was injury concern uh, with uh, Malcolm Brogdon's, I think, his forearm or something with his arm, and uh, that trade fell apart, and that's what led to the uh, the eventual um, w Wizards, Celtics, and Grizzlies trade. Um, so yeah, that there's that kind of note. Uh, the other big trade. Um, Chris Paul to the Warriors. I talked about it with Fong on the previous podcast where I thought it didn't really make sense. Like, Chris Paul's a weird fit with that team because he's a guy that actually, like, one of the most um, not talked about things about kind of just one of his weaknesses, he does not move off the ball much. And uh, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, he's not going to have the ball all that much. Now, granted, I think he's probably going to come off the bench. There's, I don't see them starting Steph at the two. Like, that is ridiculously small. And, like, Chris Paul is not as good on defense as he used to be just because of his age. And, like, I, I can see him operating kind of as a pseudo Jordan Poole role where, like, or J Jordan Poole role. Like, where he can just be the secondary guy off the bench to, to create offense. Like, Although they ought to have to change up some stuff. They're going to have to run pick and roll with Chris Paul, who's a master at it. And uh, yeah, it's just... So uh, the trade, I believe, was uh, Jordan Poole. I think Jordan Poole and Patrick Baldwin Jr. to the Wizards for Chris Paul. I think that's what it is. It's a weird one. Um, like, again, it, it's weird to me that Chris Paul was on the Warriors after how many years... Like, the Warriors fans have shitted on Chris Paul. Now he's on the Warriors, so which is, again, just weird. And I'm, I'm interested to see how this works. Uh, like, Chris Paul has been kind of the nemesis of the, of the Warriors for a bit. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to think about this yeah. one. Like, how, what's the closing lineup going to look like? Is it going to be Chris Paul, Steph, Clay, whoever the four is, and then Draymond? It's really weird. <laughs> like, I guess they can fit Looney in there. I I, I don't know anymore. It's like, it's so weird that Chris Paul, of all people, is a warrior. Although, I guess it's an upgrade over what they had last year, where J Jordan Poole was really bad for stretches. Um, what we'll to see? Like the the Warriors are gonna have to hope that the that the young the young guys can do something. Like I really like Moses Moody, and I like Kaminga too. I wish he got more minutes. And but Steve Kerr is very stubborn about some of his philosophies. Like playing Anthony Lamb the whole year is just what the fuck was that? And yeah, I just I just don't know anymore. Like, I guess this is the win now move, but it's such a weird fit. Like, 
I guess, I guess, why not? Like, I thought the I thought it was gonna be you know Chris Paul to the Clippers. That makes that actually makes sense. They need a playmaker or like the Boston, but they're allergic to point guards for some reason. And eh, it's kind of just my general reaction with it. I guess good luck Warriors, and uh, we'll see what the we'll see what the Kings can do. Like it, it, it's such a weird Pacific Division. Like the Lakers, you assume are gonna do something. Um, uh, Phoenix has basically went all in with just you know like three guys and then a bunch of minimums and the warriors have chris paul now and then like lord knows what's going to happen with a uh, portland portland uh you know dame's going to give him a chance to build a contender and they're probably not going to trade scoot so i don't know anymore like it it's probably just better for dame to just move on because like i don't see a move that makes him into a contender like I talked about it last, you know, I talked about it um, last episode. Like, I think it's, I think like tanking is a bit of a scam for the most part. And you're better off, like, at least just trying to win, just to like accumulate good basketball karma. But at the same time, like, you know, the Kings for the longest time, like, they were just trying to make the playoffs. And that's, and, you know, that if they just keep scoot like that could be a playoff team but they're trying to win a championship there's no move that i think that makes them into a contender so you're probably just better off sending uh dame to a contender and just figuring out from there so i don't know anymore like it, it's it's all it's all weird this whole bizarre world it's a it's a great start to kind of the off season like there's been a lot of chaos going on so you know I'm, I'm looking i'm looking forward to every single bit of it okay well this has gone on for long enough uh fawn will hopefully be back for the next episode he was not available to record unfortunately so um yeah well you'll be hearing him hopefully by the next episode um yeah let's see if there's more chaos to follow after this um thank you guys for listening uh i'll catch you guys back on the next one sorry for the abrupt ending but yeah, that's all I have. It's it's a lot to process all at once, but hopefully you enjoyed my rambling for however long this episode is. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys back on the next one.